Hello and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's February 3rd, 2020, and this is episode 39. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. For the new movie roundup this week, we really just have one major studio release, and it's Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. This film is from Warner Brothers. It's based on DC Comics characters. Uh, Margot Robbie returns in the role of Harley Quinn, and she played Harley Quinn in that DC ensemble film Suicide Squad from a couple years ago. And this time she is joined by uh, some other characters from from uh, the DC Comics uh, pantheon of characters. Uh, we've got Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's playing Huntress. Journey Smollett-Bell, who's playing Black Canary. And Rosie Perez, who is playing Renee Montoya. So the synopsis says that you ever hear the one about the cop, the songbird, the psycho, and the mafia princess, birds of prey, and the fantabulous, and I'm saying that's what is how it's titled, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn is a twisted tale told by Harley herself, as only Harley can tell it. When Gotham's most nefariously narcissistic villain, Roman Sionis, and he's played by Ewan McGregor in the film, and his zealous right-hand Zaza, and I'm hoping I'm saying that right, uh, he's played by Chris Messina, put a target on a young girl named Cass, and uh, Cass is played by newcomer Ella J. Basco. Uh, the city is turned upside down looking for her. Harley, Huntress, Black Canary, and Renee Montoya's past collide, and the unlikely foursome have no choice but to team up and take Roman down. So this film is written by Christina Hodson and directed by Kathy Yan. And uh, it, it you know, looks like just what, what I think you'd expect it to be. <laughs> Harley Quinn is a pretty crazy character. Uh, it looks like it's, it's kind of going in that same vein as Suicide Squad did, but maybe amped up uh, a bit. Uh, Birds of Prey is rated R by the Motion Picture Association for strong violence and language throughout and some sexual and drug material. So uh, that's Birds of Prey. And, and then really for something completely different this this upcoming weekend and, and then uh, into next week, uh, Turner Classic Movies is going to be screening the 50th anniversary of Love Story, the film from 1970 that started, excuse me, that stars Ryan... Uh, O'Neill and Allie McGraw as college students in love that have all sorts of trials that they have to face. Um, but it's it's a it's a tearjerker and and it's a classic. Again, this is part of Turner Classic Movies' big screen classic series that they uh, show every month. Uh, love Story will be shown on February 9th and February twelfth, and so. Uh, 
you want to go to uh, the Fathom Events website, and I'll put a link to that in, in the podcast notes, but at fathomevents.com slash TCM, as in Turner Classic Movies. And you'll be able to put in your zip code and find a theater near you where where uh, Love Story's playing if you want to check it out on on the big screen. Also of note, a, a couple of theaters, at least in the Solid City market, so I'm sure that other movie chains are doing it across the U.S., are showing... Uh, all of the uh, best picture nominees for the Oscar this year. And uh, they're showing them for a pretty decent price. Cinemark is showing them for only $35 for all nine movies, as well as uh, the Oscar shorts uh, is, are, are playing too. So you can get this festival pass. I'll have a link about this, at least for Cinemark in uh, the podcast notes. But, uh, the best, all nine of the best picture nominees are going to be playing February third through 9th. and then the shorts, uh, the shorts are going to be showing. Just you know, and you just go for oh, it's for one, it's it's like you're just going to one movie. It counts towards one movie, uh, and it's like two and a half, three hours long. I know I've done it in the past, but uh, that's showing February seventh through 9th. So uh, you also, if if you want to, you could just buy an individual ticket. To see one of these films, if you, if you if you're just trying to get one or two that you you haven't already seen, but it's it's really a cool way to see uh, all these best picture nominees and for for uh, uh, a good price. So so uh, anyway, that's going on this week and this weekend as well. So the Oscars are this Sunday, February 9th, and the uh, the Academy Awards in all in all their in all their glory will be broadcast on uh, U.S. network television again on the ABC Television Network. Uh, and you know the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is really active on social media, so if you don't want to watch the broadcast, you can. I'm sure that they will be putting out stuff on their Facebook, Twitter. And Instagram feeds just kind of nonstop, probably, and, and probably on YouTube as well. I will have links to all of their social media uh, pages on on in my podcast notes, so you can definitely follow along if if you if you aren't uh, already. But one of the one one of the fun things that the Academy is doing this year is sponsoring what they're calling Global Movie Day on the day before the Oscar ceremony. So this is on Saturday, February eighth. And Global Movie Day is a day for film fans around the world to celebrate their favorite movies and engage with the Academy members and filmmakers and filmmakers across social media. So this inaugural Global Movie Day, uh, which again this is uh, this Saturday, February eighth, um, is actually there. It's the first of, of what they're hoping to be now an annual tradition, which they're going to hold on the second Saturday of February every year, right in the heart of Oscar season. Uh, and they're doing it to celebrate the power of movies, um, to reach, connect, and inspire people around the world. So how you go about celebrating Global Movie Day is by sharing movies that have inspired you and you share on social media. So post your favorite movie lines on Twitter or the greatest posters on Instagram. Uh, and then rewatch your favorite movies with friends or visit your local theater to see something new. No matter how you choose to celebrate 
Be sure to take pictures and videos and share them using hashtag Global Movie Day. So um, I'm in for sure. So I think that's I think that sounds really fun. So Global Movie Day on Saturday, February 8th, the day before the Oscars. Now the Oscars, uh, then as we mentioned, are happening on on Sunday, February 9th. Now I got to tell you. I am horrible at making Oscar picks, and that's not necessarily the point. But I, I thought though that it might be fun just to go over some of these top categories. And uh, actually, what I'm going to do is pick what who I would vote for if I were a member of the Academy. And and uh, again, and we'll just see who who actually who actually wins on on Sunday. But I'm definitely not. Uh, entering a pool or anything because <laughs> uh, I never can can uh, can pick right or I rarely pick right so uh, let's just go for the big some of these big categories uh, f- for for the four acting awards uh, starting off in in, in uh, actor in a leading role uh, the the five people nominated are Antonio Banderas for pain and glory then Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Uh, this one, I don't, I don't know necessarily who I w- who I would pick. Um, so I'm actually saying that I, I, this is probably the only one I'm saying. That I think the Academy is going to pick Joaquin Phoenix because for Joker. Just because Joker got so many nominations, I believe it got at least eight, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, and uh, that movie really resonated, I think, w- w- with the Academy. So, and plus he's been winning all sorts of other awards f- for this for this performance too. So, um, that's probably the only one that I would feel pretty confident about betting on is Walking Phoenix for for best actor in a leading role, best actor in a supporting role. We've got Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes, Al Pacino in The Irishman, Joe Pesci in The Irishman, and then Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My vote would go to Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, I thought that was just a perfect film, and Tom Hanks was just sublime in the role. So, hands down, he's he's the one who would get my vote. Okay, then uh, Best Actress in a Leading Role, we've got Cynthia Erivo in, in Harriet, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan in Little Women, Charlize Theron in Bombshell, and Renee, and Renee Zellweger in Judy. Um, I think I'd vote for Charlize Theron in Bombshell just because she, uh, holy cow! I mean, she was Megan Kelly. Uh, she just she just took that on so well. So that's that's who I'd vote for. Um, best actress in a supporting role. We've got Kathy Bates. In Richard Jewell, uh, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. Uh, my vote would go to Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit. I just thought her performance was so uh, subdued and so powerful. Uh, and that was such a good role for her and such a good movie. So anyway, that's that's who my vote would go for. Uh, for best animated feature film, I'm throwing this one because it's a category you know that's near and dear to my heart. Um, the five nominees are How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, uh, Claws, 
Missing Link and Toy Story 4. Um, I personally would vote for Toy Story 4, but actually I think that the, the Klaus or Klaus is, I think I'm saying that, although I'm saying that right, is, is going to win just because it's, it's, it's won pretty much most every um, award um, uh, for stuff. Um, for Best Director... The films are The Irishman, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. My vote would be for um, Sam Mendes in 1917. In fact, I just think 1917 should just get all the awards. Um, let's just jump into Best Picture because, uh, again, I'm voting for 1917 already. But I'll just tell you what the nominees are again just to remind you. Uh, we've got Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Um, so anyway, my vote for Best Picture would be 1917, and I think 1917 should get all the awards. Uh, so just saying. Uh, just a couple of other little things I want to I, I want to throw in. Uh, I think that um, for international feature film. Uh, there are five, the five nominees for international feature film. I'm not an expert in, in this category by any means, but the nominees are Corpus Christi, Honeyland, Les Miserables, Pain and Glory, and Parasite. I think that Parasite, even though Parasite's been nominated, of course, for, for Best Picture, I think it will win Best International Feature Film. And then, you know, my vote would be for 1917 to win Best Picture. Now, uh, a lot of people are saying that Greta Gerwig, director Greta Gerwig, who directed this adaptation of Little Woman, was robbed of, of a of a being nominated for Best Director, and I you know and I, I I would concur, but I think where where Greta Gerwig will win is Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, so for Best Adapted Screenplay, there's The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Woman, and The Two Popes. I believe that she, that's the award that she's going to get, but we'll we'll see. Um, one final snub, I think that um, actually Frozen 2, which is not necessarily a perfect film, but I thought it was a fantastic film. I thought it should have been nominated for uh, Best Animated Feature Film. Uh, so I'm just throwing it out there that I think it's going to get, it's going to win Best Original Song for Into the Unknown. Uh, that was a, a really fantastic number from that film and Idina Menzel. Um, is my girl. So anyway, uh, the other, I'll just read these categories for best original song. Uh, I can't let you throw yourself away from Toy Story 4. I'm going to love me again from Rocket Man. I'm standing with you, Breakthrough, Into the Unknown, Frozen 2, and then Stand Up Harriet. Um, you know, I'm going to love me again from Rocket Man. It was written by Elton John. So that's another, that's, that could definitely be a possibility, but I'm hoping that Frozen 2 might get some love with best original song. So anyway, <laughs> for what it's worth, <laughs> the Academy Awards uh, 2020, according to Stan. And uh, I hope you have fun. I hope you're going to an Oscar party or you're throwing one yourself and that you have fun. Uh, I'll put a link on the in the podcast notes, but you know you can download the ballot. Uh, and and uh, anyway, it's it's uh, it's it, it's a fun thing to do, and and hopefully. It's going to be a fun night, and and uh, just just a lot, a lot of great, a lot of great movies were nominated, and uh, I think these would be tough choices to make if uh, if uh, you know the, for these for these Academy voters. So anyway, uh, 
Oscar. Oscars on February Sunday, February 9th, but don't forget Global Movie Day on Saturday, February 8th. Classics in the Corner, I just want to give you a quick update on my 2020 movie watching project. I am watching 50, actually 51, I'll get to that in a sec, uh, science fiction films that are listed in a really cool book I received from uh, a good friend. Uh, it's called Turner Classic Movies Must See Sci-Fi, uh, 50 films that are out of this world. So it's written by a film historian named Sloan DeForest. And Sloan lists these 50 films. They're listed in chronological order. And they're, they're, they're science fiction films that, uh, you know, have got some kind of uh, artistic merit or historical importance uh, or are just, you know, particularly cool or memorable or popular. Uh, it's, it's, it's a varied list it's an interesting list i've watched the first five films so far so i'm on target thank you you know if i can keep it up <laughs> i'll be able to stay on track through the year i have put the complete list of the films uh in my blog at moviespastandpresent.com i'll have a link to it in the podcast notes too so you can find that particular blog post um just in case you're interested to follow along or you just want to see the list but uh these first five films that 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 Sloan DeForest recommends watching. They, uh, they're really some of the earliest sci-fi films that, that were ever created. And they all, they, they, they vary in, in tone and, and subject matter, most of them. Uh, but they're all groundbreaking in their own, in their own way. The first one, uh, that, that's listed in the book. And the first one that I watched in the project, uh, is a trip to the moon from 1902. And that's a you know a French film, and and you'd recognize this iconography, or you'd, you'd recognize some of the the stuff from this film if if you haven't already seen it before. But it's the one that's got like the big. Um, it actually has a human face that's 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 in in the moon, and then this rocket lands on the moon and lands right in in in, in this the man in the moon's eye. If that if that uh, rings if that rings a bell, but it's it was made again in 1902 in France by the innovative French filmmaker Georges Méliès, and uh, it's 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 a rather short film, and but it, it it's it's fascinating how 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 Méliès and his team made films. He he was actually a, a magician and an illusionist, and so filmmaking was was not necessarily uh you know a, a stretch for him i guess you know artistically 
but they sure did some interesting things and, and the production design is so unique and I you know I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that and if you if that's one you haven't seen I think that's definitely worth checking out the second one uh, on the list is Metropolis and you know that's from 1927 that's a, the German silent film and uh, it's a, it's a film I've seen before and it's it's um according to 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 uh, Sloane DeForest, you know the author of this book, um, she calls it cinema's first science fiction epic, and it really is epic. You just can't believe the scope of of this film, the amount of of extras that were used, and the giant sets, and and again, fascinating production production design. It's if you're not familiar with the film, it's it's set. Uh, in the future, and, and this and, and this big gleaming industrial, beautiful city is actually was was built and being run by by a group of people that have to work underground, and it's just like these in these horrible, horrible kind of slave like conditions. So anyway, and there's all sorts of intrigue and 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 whatnot. But it's a very influential film. I think it was a film that that. Uh, Definitely influenced, you know, our modern day filmmakers like George Lucas, etc., who are who are real um, sci-fi pioneers and masters. So, so definitely an interesting film worth checking out. Next up are a couple of what I consider horror films, and I think that you know most people would too. Uh, both directed by the great and very stylish director James Whale. Uh, first up was Frankenstein uh, from 1931. Just the classic Frankenstein, you know, with Boris Karloff uh, in that great Frankenstein suit. Uh, and then uh, next up was then The Invisible Man, which was, uh, you know, if I had seen The Invisible Man before, uh, I'd forgotten. <laughs> so anyway, it was so cool. Claude Rains plays The Invisible Man. And, uh, you know, also Gloria Stewart's in it. Now, Gloria Stewart, uh, you know, who was a big, big actress, uh, uh, of, of, of her day, you know, she, she, she came back to fame by starring in, in Titanic in 1997. You know, she's, she's the woman who, who, uh, throws the, that big blue jewel off the, off the boat. Um, or, you know, you know, she's the older version of, of, uh. Uh, of the female lead in the, in that film, but anyway, uh, that the, the visual effects in the Invisible Man are really great, and just it's just another it's another terrific moody film. Uh, also, another interesting film on the list was Island of Lost Souls, and this actually was a f the very first film adaptation of of the H. G. Wells novel, The Island of Doctor Moreau. Which you know is that kind of creepy story about this crazy doctor who, who uh, like operates on animals on this island and kind of turns them into this weird hybrid of human and animal. Um, but th that one was 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 really cool. And again, I hadn't, I hadn't seen that version. And then finally, another H.G. Wells adaptation. Uh, the movie's called Things to Come which is based on an H.G. Wells book that he wrote in 1933 called The Shape of Things to Come. And H.G. Wells actually wrote the screenplay, too, for, the, for this book, for this movie. Uh, it was made in, in uh, the U.K., and it's this, it's this really... I mean, it's, it, it was probably the weirdest film of the bunch that I, that I saw in January, you know, that I saw uh, in this initial 
in, in this initial report. And it's this almost cautionary tale about the perils of war, uh, which makes sense. It was made in 1936, you know, just, just, just at the cusp of World War II. And uh, in this film, civilization, this, this, this particular civilization, and they call it every town, but it's clearly London. But they go... De- they have dec- a decades-long war, like goes on like for like three or four decades, and it's just it just completely wipes out the planet. Uh, and then there's some kind of like strange. It's almost like a zombie <laughs> apocalypse that happens. These kind of living dead people come back, and they have to kill them. And then they say they, they decide the safe place is going to be to go underground, and they build this big, wonderful, this very almost like this Art Deco style civilization underground. Um, anyway. Fascinating film, kind of this interesting combination of morality tale, but but really cool production design, and the costumes and the and the sets, particularly when they are have rebuilt society, rebuilt a society in the future, uh, are definitely worth seeing. And, and again, you can see definitely influential on on science fiction films that are coming up now. The next the next group of films that we start watching, they're gonna so Things to Come was made in 1936, and then I believe the next film was made in like 1951 that I'll be watching, which I'll report about um, in, in a future podcast. But it uh, anyway, really, really fun. I'm having fun so far with this. I put I put quick little blips on this on my Instagram feed. So if, you, if you're into Instagram and you want to follow along, that's that's one way to do it too. You can get something a little more up to date if you're interested at all. I can have links to that in the podcast notes on my blog. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present podcast. Again, links and more information about all of the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. As always, I hope you'll enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, thanks for listening and see you at the movies.